Jones on a down. He couldn't break away. Well, he's got it. to Gardner, Dick Gardner, brings it across to Nylander, works it and shoots, scores! William Nylander, power play goal, the Leafs are back on top. That took seven seconds. Now Bolterman, for Cogliano, turns it over, Nylander, and shoots, scores! William Nylander, 2-1 Toronto. Gardner, flips it ahead. Mitch Marner again, they are on their game tonight. There's a shot score! Right off the faceoff, William Nylander. And the Leafs have their 62nd first period goal of the season. Matthews now does spray Nylander, scores! and splits the defense with a great pass. Nylander scores. What a goal. Nylander from Matthews. It's 3-1. Turnover here. Hyman back in. Nylander scores again. Doubles down. And it's 4-1 Toronto. Here we are, episode 13, Pucks in Deep podcast, and how about that extended highlight show from William Nylander. We're allowed to talk about him again, as if we ever stopped. Did you hear he got signed? If has become when has become tomorrow, because he's confirmed. Confirmed playing tomorrow against the Red Wings. And statistically speaking, I'm pretty sure... Uh, a Red Wing killer. I haven't seen the numbers on that. I haven't seen it either, but I'm just remembering from in my mind him scoring a plethora against the Red Wings. One in particular, that play with Matthews where he passed it out to Matthews and Matthews gave him a no-look pass back and Nylander was like behind the goal line. He had to walk out front and shoot it against it. It was wicked. It was wicked. Like no one saw the, the, the pass coming back from Matthews, which... I mean, geez, we talk about that guy enough, but no, shows, the buds have, shows his playmaking ability. The Buds have uh, the Red Wings number, I've found, since uh, the arrival of those two handsome gentlemen. Willie back and back with more flow than ever, too. Did you see the pictures of him there? Oh, God. Rolling in in his sweatsuit there and flowing like nobody's business. The guy is looking good. <clears throat> Excuse me. The guy is looking good. And, I mean, he is going to be looking good for us for a while. Signs six years, six point nine six seven or something like six, that. Six six point nine six nine. Yeah. Okay. Six Straight up sixty nine sixty nine. Oh, nice. I see. Nice. Okay. <laughs> well done. Uh, well done. I, I like how they got him down to six years too, or uh, shouldn't say down to, but got him at six years because all the takes I found late in the game were 
no way he's signed long-term. No way he signs long-term. Definitely a bridge deal. Got to be a bridge deal. Well, turns out Dubas got it. I mean, they. I've heard a lot of takes saying that, like, Nylander kind of won this because the Leafs gave him what he wanted. Oh, I don't think that at all. Yeah. But I think they I think they both come out as winners here because they both got a bit of what they wanted and had to give up a little bit. Because we know if he didn't sign, it was everyone loses. Yeah, lose, well, of lose course. situation, right? The, the biggest loser would be Willie, though. Like the biggest loser would be Willie. Like you're just you're willingly taking a year off in your professional career. Yeah, it's just not a good decision. You're, you're hurt, not you're not being paid for it either, Lesko. It's yeah, just not a good decision. You're hurting your uh, your value. I would think going yeah, into a negotiation. And literally next year. nothing good about it. Yeah, it's it's honestly you know take my toys and go home. Well, you know you're the it's not helping anyone. You know, like you're the one that's lonely at home now with, you know, you got all your toys, I guess, which is nice, but you know, you're not having any fun with anybody else. So he gets to come back and have fun with everybody else. And I guess the toy is the puck and he's going to be playing with it quite a bit, man. Like people still giving me shit about the D for the Leafs. I still have no problem. That's fine. With it. We don't, they don't have it. Our D don't even need it. Like they don't have the puck very often. It's just get it, get it out. Get it off the window. It's fine. We're actually a lot more efficient than that. I don't mean to make it sound like that's all we can do. But the point is we're not relying on breakouts led by RD and solely by RD. As in they got to skate it out well. They got to pass it up well. Basically, just get it to those guys. And you know what? You look at the statistics, the Leafs, and a large part of this is due to Freddie Anderson, I would argue. But the Leafs are top five in the league in goals against. So, I mean... I, I can't complain about the defense right now because we're you? getting it done. Yeah. And it's a team defense approach. Like sure. Bobcock's had his way with these guys over the last few years and, and uh, instilled a strong def- team zone defensive system that they're using. And it's keeping shot. It's suppressing more shots and it's keeping shots to the outside. Um, I would think though, bringing in Willie though, has got to be a, a good boost. I mean, just got Matthews back and he's clearly rolling. Uh, you got to believe no. that you put William Nylander into that equation, and we're going to see, you know, we hopefully you see a little more uh, success there with that first line because I I have had my I've had my issues with their play sometimes more so without the puck, and I don't know how William Nylander is going to change that. But I, yeah, I agree there. I had said to a couple guys after watching uh, the first period and a half there last night that uh, that that line was awful for a couple of shifts where they were just skating around floating in their end. Now with the pucks, a completely different story. It is. It is. It's night and day because you're right. You might see a couple of, uh, you know, flybys, so to speak, where you'd like to see the player be a little bit harder on it. Um, but they're always thinking offense. And when those times happen where they do the flyby and then it comes to them, there's, there's your breakaway and captain and, you know, doesn't score on his third breakaway of the night. It reminds me of <laughs> when guys like Yager used to play like two minute shifts, but they'd be skating for like thirty seconds of it when they had the puck. When they had the puck, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you know, maybe uh, just a little bit harder to get back, or at least make it look a little bit yeah. harder. But so this way. got pretty scary, though. I mean, four. What, what were you doing at four o'clock, four thirty Saturday? Um, I was uh, with the fiance. We were sitting in the bedroom watching Netflix. And well, she was watching Netflix and I was uh, on the phone just 
refreshing twitter (laughs) yeah same yeah honestly there you know i'm in a a group chat with a good bunch of good bunch of guys and all fans and you know i kind of was in there more than i was on twitter because those guys were it was just a constant conversation everyone's right on top of it yeah constant conversation so as soon as something happened i knew it was going to be there no i knew it was going to break but um yeah i don't know for me man i don't even really want to get into it too much i've been talking to people about this for so long i feel like i might just want to record myself explaining how i feel (laughs) and if you want to listen to the six minute rant you can because it's too much to get into but the best part about it is that it's over and now we can finally enjoy the on ice product I I wasn't scared until five o'clock hit. I did not get nervous until five o'clock. And I know that sounds like, oh, okay, well, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you right now, I did not have any doubts until five o'clock rolled in. I can actually show you the messages with my group chat where my buddy who is listening, and he'll probably be a caller in the future. There's a little foreshadowing for you. We'll talk about that later. But he said to me, or the group, Coley, I thought it was done already. Because I had been pro- proclaiming that this deal has been right. done. So my rebuttal was, listen, man, the fact that it rolled in at 4.57 means to me even more that it was done. And it was just, we're already here. And Dubis is a troll. We <laughs> we know he's a troll. Yeah. Let's go. He has done trolling things on social media. So how does he troll an entire hockey universe? Wait until the final day. And Thursday against the Red Wings was always going to be the day that you came back. For how long, I don't know. I'm not saying it from the summer or... I don't know that. I'm just saying there came a time, and maybe it was when Dubas flew over in his plane. There came a time when it was, this is the play. This is what's happening. And then the whole... Oh, we were worried about a technical glitch in the system. Fuck off. Just like, a smoke screen. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that and then, was- and then Willie's interview where he's like, um, the guy says, How was it? How was it? Was it nerve wracking or whatever he says to him? And Willie goes, Yeah, uh, you know, it was forty minutes to the deadline. Uh, I told my agent to call him and we called him. He called him at like four thirty, apparently. And I found that I found that weird and I still not for six. I times still kind of bought nine. into that uh, conspiracy that we had talked about, whereas it's been done for a long time. They just haven't actually done it or filed it with the league or whatever. Uh, but it, it going down to the the wire actually made me think more, uh, more so that maybe there was just a, a really brutal standoff. Because for what it sounded like, and based on the fact that Nylander's camp called, it sounded like. The Leafs had made him this offer maybe last week. We don't really know. Could have been the, the Saturday morning. And then he yeah, went, that's true. called that's him up, like, really all right, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, later, later on, he's like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, okay, well, here's my small rebuttal to that. Um, I feel like if the call was coming from Nylander in the 11th hour, it would have been for more money on a one-year deal. And I'm done. Yeah, but you're not pitching new deals at that time of day. Yeah, but it's not a new deal. This would this would have always been so so Dubis would have always had a plan B. Willie, if we can't get you to our terms and our number, here's our plan B. And if you're not taking plan B, then you're not playing this year. Right. Willie Willie would have also had an A and a B. His A and a B would have been, I'm taking this much money, you're gonna give it to me, or I'll force to sit. My plan B, and I haven't even told you that it exists yet, is to sign for one year for however much you'll give me. 
right. and I know you'll give me at least 10. Right. Because look what they gave him this year. Yeah. 10. So he could have done himself a huge favor, no fucking signing bonus, no nothing, no endorsements because he's leaving. Take his 9-5 and get out of here. Help us win a cup or get dealt at the deadline. Hmm. Right? That would have been his last case scenario. So to call at 4.30 and say, yeah, okay, I'm in. I'll take your deal at term and under $7 million. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And now that the book is closed, it still doesn't make any sense to me. Not enough for people to change my mind that this has been the plan, at least from one side. be interesting to see if more stuff leaks out over time. I would love it. The, I mean, the only thing that makes sense in my head, and again, we still don't know numbers, but I, I was thinking... He said, I want eight. And they're like, you get six. And then they eventually, they met at almost seven. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's that's that, what logic, I guess, makes yes, me think. Yes, I agree. And you know what? Let's go. No I, I'm not, I don't want to go on record as saying that this is what happened. I'm fucking right. No, but it's an interesting bullshit. conspiracy, though. I yeah, like it. <laughs> I understand that it's, that it's a conspiracy. And I also understand that it may seem far, far-fetched. But when you start really boiling it down with a lot of individual particular things like the fact that Babcock just all of a sudden right towards the end just starts dropping all these obvious fucking hints and he had not been like that ever throughout the whole process and he then started speaking du- more Dubis, and unprompted he was that's speaking what I'm saying. about it and Dubis is going on Twitter and like leaking information to some two-bit fan from Columbus well you didn't leak shit to that guy yeah that, but then he twi- that guy is a bit then, of a misinterpretation but then he why does Dubis respond to that guy after and say never in doubt because it's funny it is funny <laughs> but why though he Dubis doesn't make jokes elsewhere well he he's does not, on Twitter he's though. not on there making all kinds of fucking jokes you see like, like the likes and stuff he throws that's, around that's and, the other thing the yeah. likes too right but I, I don't want to dig too too much into social media but it, it does tie in with the with the troll idea like yeah you know why is Babs saying all this shit right towards the end uh, i believe nylander also was donning a new leaf helmet in that last video remember when everyone was was confused as to whether he was in toronto or whether he was over in sweden or austria still yeah. and then and then a video was leaked of him getting on the ice that morning and he had a new leaf helmet on which a bunch of people pointed out uh, that wasn't on in the same videos that we saw last time. Remember the older videos where he right. was, where he was ripping, you know, like he had like his pants and his gloves. But then in this new one, several days before the deadline, and you know he's got this new bucket on, and another video gets released. Like it's all just really weird for me. And then if you want to go even higher, I'll go with you and talk about the two guys that work for the Leafs. One's Brandon Pridham, and the other guy's name escapes me. Lawrence Gilman. Yes, they 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 wrote portions of the CBA mm-hmm. which directly influence what the Leafs are currently doing and what they will attempt to do in the future, which is negotiate their cap situation. Oh, they'll exploit with their the players. CBA, they'll exploit the CBA as much as they possibly can. Two guys can, that wrote so. it are now working for us. It's just good to know we're in good hands. We're in I good know. hands. This is amazing. All right, let's move on. Anyway, Around the that's, boards. That's the biggest intro ever, I think. Uh, it is the Pucks and D podcast. Big we story. Think, we had to hammer it yeah, out. We Get thank it done. you for, for tuning in. We thank you for uh, all the uh, kind feedback. We just got a, a new uh, like on our iTunes page, Lesko, which I thought was nice. Some guy, Jimmy John Jim or something like that. I don't know who. Jimmy John Jim. Pumping the tires. Yeah, go Habs go, he says. So, yeah. Um, you know, lucky for Jimmy John Jim, we actually have 
some Habs shit coming up. A little Habs uh, on, on content. This pod. So we also want to, uh, you know, extend our gratitude to uh, Tyler Madaraz for, for joining us. And uh, it does look like that may be a recurring event. So that would be uh, very exciting for the pod. That means uh, it went well. Yeah, I think it went really well. Uh, some people that were mentioning it to me thought that they really enjoyed it as well. They're looking forward Great guest. to having him back. Great guest for sure. And uh, yeah, maybe a little bit more info to, to come later on on calls. We'd, we'd like to maybe uh, extend the invitation to anyone out there that you know listens regularly. If you're the kind of listener that's listening tomorrow when this pod has dropped, it'll be December 6th. If you're listening today on December 6th, Tweet us, uh, shoot me a message, preferably tweet us. Let's get that uh, discussion going. Let's get the follows up. I know it's awful to ask about Lesko, but it's got to be done. You got to ask. You got to share. You got to subscribe. You got to like, you know. We do run it. on that shit. We run we on We don't it. run yeah. on money, so yeah. we need something. And we don't run on We need new, internet like, points. Yeah. I thought you were going to say internet porn. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> pretty that too. Sim- <laughs> pretty simple to find. Like, just open up your emails. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. So let's. Uh, so that's it. Follow us uh, at PuckPod on the Twitter sphere at Coleman Forty Two, and at Lesko Adams. So let's jump right in, uh, dude. Where, where where are we going? Going uh, to the Board of Governors meeting. The big news oh, out of there being yes. the new Seattle franchise that has yet to be named. Um, looks like twenty twenty one will be the inaugural season, conveniently planned after the pending lockout. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um, Okay, well, are we going to talk about that? Do we have to do lockout talk? No, I don't want to talk about the lockout. Do you at think all. there's going to be one? I just threw that in there, and just do you because think there's the going timing. To be one? Do I think there's going to be one? I don't think they should have one, but I'm not writing it off just because it's Gary's thing. I don't think there's going to be one at all. Like, they couldn't just stupid. Couldn't they can't dis- do it. Couldn't disagree with you more on it being Gary's thing, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll touch on that in the summer maybe. That could be a summer talk. That's a good summer talk. Me and you arguing about yeah. fucking Batman. Yeah. Anyways, um, twenty twenty one. I like it. I like no. Like they they could have pushed for twenty twenty. Right. Like that was mm-hmm. part of the bill. Thinking about. I'm sure there was people in the room that would have loved to have done that. I mean, realistically, once you have emptied your pockets, you want to start getting a return on your yeah. investment, oh, yeah. fucking right away. So they are technically quote unquote missing uh, a season uh, of revenue. But how great will that revenue be if it's not off to a good start? You got to be off to a good start. You look at Vegas, man. Vegas was a long time coming. Now, of course, they had much a much improved arena, right? Like a brand spanking new arena. So they had everything going for them. Um, but they brought people in, and it was so goddamn exciting because the buildup was fantastic. So now you've got basically a full year and a half of, well, I, I guess two years. Well, no, a year and a half of solid campaigning, advertisement, get the new fans on the wagon, Get the L.A. fans that jumped on the wagon and now are off the wagon because they suck. Right? They'll probably that, pick up a lot of Vancouver fans, per, But that's a too. perfect wagon, yeah. right? The L.A. team, they jumped on in 2010 or whatever it was when they started getting unreal and won all these cups, and then, fuck, now they're terrible. I need someone else to cheer for. Cheer for Seattle, whatever they are. These guys are uh, doing it right, I would say, because it gives them added time to renovate that arena, make it nice, make it shiny. Um, you take that extra time and you use it to make sure that you ha- you got a world class facility and uh, experience for your fans. Uh, you like you said, you market yourself, you build up that base. Uh, they got some smart people. The Li- Liwiki's running that situation over there. Um, 
they have the right people in place and it gives them a lot of time to sort things out. Um, they're also going to be getting the same expansion draft rules as Vegas, which Vegas got a pretty sweet deal. But if you're paying a buck fifty more than Vegas paid, you damn right you're getting those same rules. Yeah, but and Vegas's sweet deal continues as they are exempt from the expansion. That's draft. right. That's so, right. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Maybe it's because they they fared off so well. Um, I, w- I I don't see it going as well for Seattle just because teams are going to have learned from their mistakes the first time around. Yeah, okay. But I think if you're Seattle, you look at it as, okay, this is what Vegas did. We should probably temper expectations right? because everything was a perfect storm for Vegas. It was, yeah, I agree. Here's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see any player that was selected in the expansion draft for Vegas be ineligible. Any player that has been drafted or you know acquired, traded okay. for, signed as a free agent, any player that came in after the expansion draft, let's say 50% of those players must be made available. So right. if, let's say they signed eight free agents, four of them are allowed to be protected, the other four have to be let go. I think that would be something neat because at this point we had a team come in Maybe the expansion rules were heavily in their favor. The schedule, the shock factor, everyone flying into Vegas and getting drunk. I don't know what it is. I'm just saying they Mm -hmm. did extremely well. So obviously it worked. It worked so well that they nearly won the fucking cup. Yeah, well, it mentioned that in 31 Thoughts. Let's not have this again. Let's, Let's not have this happen again, but let's have a competitive team. But I don't think it's necessarily great for these expansion teams to be making it to the finals, Lesko. It's not 1967. It should never happen. It's not really. 1967 anymore. But the uh, the interesting thing I read in 31 Thoughts was that they actually took that into consideration, and that was a big factor on the arena because originally they had po- uh, pitched using an interim building that was like in a suburb outside of Seattle. Yes, I heard that. Yeah. And they were like, well, the NHL is going to be less inclined to give you favorable home games and home stands. They said the biggest thing for Vegas was they played six games. I think their second game through to their seventh were six games in a row at home, and they won them all. Yeah. It set the tone for them for the it's season. True, it's true. So those early home games are really big to whip up a frenzy with the fan base. Yeah, and playing elsewhere, no. See, that that was part of the – I did hear that as well, Lesko. It's, it skipped my mind as I was talking earlier, but that was a big one for me now that you, now that you bring it up. Yeah. You can't – be starting elsewhere. Like I know they did it in Ottawa and they've done it in other places mm-hmm. as well, but I mean, I feel like that was okay then. Like we're talking about the early 90s and shit. Like that's mm-hmm. a long time ago, man. Yeah, you look at the way you Vegas need technology launched, now. I feel like they've Vegas has really set a new bar in terms of the quality of production product value. and yeah. production value and thought that goes into an expansion team. Um they're doing everything right, not just from a player uh personnel or a, side. or a cheesy but I mean, marketing. in terms of marketing, in terms of, I mean, they hit the ground running with a very well thought out plan. So you want to see that obviously when Seattle comes around. Yeah. Now the next question I had was, what do you think is coming down the pipeline in terms of expansion for the future? Are we going to see anything soon? I don't know how soon, like, I mean, define soon. Like, are you talking about within the next five years? Yeah. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so either. I would. I've noticed it comes in like decade waves. I was going to say I wouldn't be so inclined as to say within the next 10 either. I'm not super confident. I wouldn't think so either. I'm not super confident thinking, uh, you know, but I mean, 
the league wants to continue growing. I mean, the league wants to grow internationally. You, you yeah. hear you hear a guy like Bill Daly uh, going on record and saying that he feels at some point the league will be international. Like, well, they're talking about European division. They why were not? Talking about it on TSN today, actually on the radio, that there's been ideas pitched around about uh, setting up like a European division. Now that may be a long term vision. Where you have like you know the Atlantic, the Metro, and then the European. Yeah, yeah. Divi. But are you concerned? Are you concerned with the water down aspect? I, that's the only perceived negative of expansion, and that's some something that was thrown around quite a bit yesterday. Was that you know another team waters it down? But as we saw from Vegas, oh, I don't mind I one ex- more team. I expected a water down effect from that, and there really wasn't. But as the game continues to develop and the skill level gets higher, I I don't see it becoming as much of a factor as say maybe it was ten years ago when or sorry, that's long when that was like fifteen, eighteen yeah, yeah. years ago when they brought in was it the Wild and Thrashers, I think, or Wild and Blue Jackets. Yes, was, that yeah. was the most recent expansion before Vegas and that was two thousand, I wanna say. Yeah. Around there. Um I definitely see relocations though coming down the pipeline. I, yeah, totally different. Cuz that's yeah. now that the focus is off of expansion, that uh potential relocations are going to come under the microscope. Yeah. Because there are markets the NHL is interested in, and one of them being Houston, which is I think the most lucrative TV market in the United States. Um there's been interest from some uh I guess parties groups whatever there. Um the teams that I see that would be kind of first on the docket would one being Arizona and that's probably been around for about 20 years, that idea. <laughs> but the Florida Panthers, and you know what? That I, I, Florida I, as well. I yeah. flicked on some highlights from them last night, and that was an empty barn. It's nobody. It's sad. I mean, we joke about Ottawa and stuff because we're, we, you know, we got buddies that, you know, give us a hard time. Oh, for they got well. nothing on jo- Florida. No, 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 no. We're, like, that is a joke. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of it. It has to do with, well, they blame the facility location there too because it's in some suburbs and sunrise or something right like yeah um, yeah that's where it is it's unfortunate because they got a half decent team but no butts in the seats yeah okay listen i wanted to to throw one thing at you though quickly when we were talking about the expansion i i, I think one thing that vegas really showed sports as a whole and not just hockey or the nhl or whatever i feel like what they showed sports is that you don't always need a game breaker, like a like a top of the line elite, count him for the Hall of Fame kind of guy. Even though that player is pretty much on every Cup winning team, right? That you can go back, you say, okay, this guy, okay, this guy, right? Um, they just showed that you can get there with hard work. You can yeah. knock on the door, yeah, with hard work. You might not win. But by God, if you could have a fucking chance, let's go. Because don't tell me they didn't have a chance. That's the difficult thing about these expansion teams is that you don't have that necessarily um, marketable superstar. Like that superstar on the ice, but that that face of the franchise type player. Because you're not going to get that in an expansion draft. The team is the star. Right, exactly. It's the new yeah. shiny toy. But And uh, I noticed that last year they spent a lot of their effort in marketing Marc-Andre Fleury, who is a bit of a legend in his own right. Oh, and a very so marketable was, player. Yes, exactly. Very likable guy. Yeah. He was doing all kinds of PR around yeah. the community, which I think worked really good. So it'd be interesting to see and if Shipashev they can pull or off whatever. again. Oh, yeah, they pumped <laughs> yeah, his tires. We were tires. talking about Tyler the last ship, week. Shipashev'd him out to He's fucking sh- Russia. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, man. Let's let's talk about the cap real quick. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the cap real quick. We'll try and cover a few things at rapid fire here. So the cap, great news for Leafs. Yeah, great if you're news, a team up against it, great you're news a fan of a team. For Tampa. Oh, baby. Like, I mean, it's really, really good news for a few teams, and, and I, uh, I'm i really excited to see uh, which way we go with it because then when you, when you consider the big increase already – that doesn't even factor in the expansion team. That the the expansion team will be factored in the year after that. So we're looking at another substantial increase. Yeah, we're seeing up to what uh, eighty three million. They're saying for yeah. Next I season. did read somewhere early that it there's there's a possibility that it could be almost eighty four by the time it's right. by the time it's said and done. But they are projecting eighty three, just for the record. But mm-hmm. um I did enjoy hearing that. Not like not to say that it's gonna be up at eighty four, but it's better than hearing they're projecting eighty three, but probably more like eighty one and a half. It's good news. The yeah, league's doing nice. well and as you know, as long as the economy doesn't take a dump and Trump <laughs> Trump dump on everybody and then we should be okay. Well imagine if the Canadian dollar was in a better shape, man. I'm telling you that if the Canadian dollar was in better shape, the NHL would be making a fucking ton of money. They already make a ton of money, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But think about it, man. The majority of their big-time markets where everyone goes, regardless of winning or losing, which is key, it's all, no- like, north of the border. Yeah. It's all north of the border. So if you could, if imagine if you could put our dollar on fucking par. I don't even know what it is right now. Like point three something. It's not good. Like you give them a dollar, you get like seventy five cents. Yeah, it's bad. So like, could you imagine if we were making even money on all those tickets that came in, man? Like it's crazy. Everyone talking about relocation. They want Quebec City. Some for some reason, Quebec City feels like they're entitled to get a fucking team. Quebec City is not getting a team. The only team they might get is Ottawa. Because I think it's Ottawa, be, yeah. Because Ottawa if if this whole argument between the owners or the the sorry, the co partners with Dudley, is it Dudley? What's his name? Oh, I forget already. Fuck. Ruddy. Ruddy, yeah, yeah. Jim Ruddy. Or something ruddy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Ruddy and Melnick, like if that doesn't work and they're gonna have to sell, then they could go to Quebec because the league is not taking a hit. Yeah, and but I, I guarantee I, you I the league would. Leaving. I don't either. I'm just saying if it were to happen, I mean, the league would rather pick them up out of Ottawa and take them to the. That's fucking right. States. I, I just because there's a better chance that Mel, they get rid of Melnick somehow, they force him out, then then uh, Melnick having the opportunity to relocate relocate that well, I, team. I think that's what it is. I yeah. think I think I think there's a, a thing maybe in the background with Ruddy and Bettman. Hey, bud. Let's get your fucking partner out of here. I'm sure that's been an ongoing battle for a number of years. I'm all about the conspiracy episode. Yeah. Thir- episode 13, eh? It's the unlucky episode. We got to talk conspiracies on on the app. It works for people on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> all right, man. What's up next? Uh, we got the uh, hazing story that's been going around. Yeah, I haven't. Um, I need to. I should have dove into this one a little bit more. For me, I just feel like it's one of those ongoing things. It happens. Oh, in, it's not news. That's yeah. For sure. It happens in sports. It happens in, like at schools. It happens in like sororities or any kind of uh, club. Like I'm not talking about a goddamn book club, but. You know, like yeah, you join clubs, you might have to do something, and it might be something uh, very menial. You know, like you might have to run around in the uh, jump in the snow, you know, with no shirt on, or so it might be something weird. But everyone yeah. does it. You know, those are cute, those are fine. I'm okay with those. But like we talked about before, I mean, why does it always have to revolve around sports and 
gayness. Well, and just like homosexual s- activity. Yeah, basically sexual abuse. I mean, sexual abuse. Yeah. Why? Why does it always have to be guys on the most perverted yeah. shit you can come up with? I I recall when I first read this story, it made me think of some other stories that I've heard. I know a lot of guys who played junior level hockey or whatever. Um, but so basically what the story for anyone who's not up on it, uh, Dan Carcillo started kind of calling out people on Twitter, uh, from his time, uh, 2002 Sarnia sting when he was a rookie, 16 years old, I guess, going up there and had endured, uh, not just like an introductory hazing type thing, like the rookies, I think he said there were six or seven guys who endured regular abuse game in game out day in day out throughout the entire season. Uh, and so there's a bit of back and forth, I guess, between him and a, a couple players online. And there was O-Dog. O-Dog, O-Dog yeah. was Tell me about O-Dog. I, so I O-Dog it. tweeted, uh, he didn't tweet directly at him. He said, if, if you're uh, coming out with uh, accusations about hazing, you better have a squeaky cl- clean record. He didn't make any direct reference to Carcillo or anything as to okay. whether or not he knew anything as a participant. Yeah, what okay. ties those two together, because they're actually about, 10 years apart or something, but they're both from King City. So I guess they know quite a bit about each other, probably through the grapevine and whatnot. Makes sense, yeah. So I, I don't know what's really going on there, and I haven't heard anything much about it in the last couple of days. I think it's quieted down. I know Carcillo's still pretty active just on this topic. He's also been going off on the concussion lawsuit and, and head hits recently. I think he gets a bit of a bad rap because no one wants to give him the time of day because it's Daniel Carcillo. Well, because he was a bit of a nutbag when yeah, he, he was, played, yeah, right? That would be like Rafi Torres, yeah. You know, coming out and being like, you know, I'm going to say all this shit. So I, I'm not saying I don't believe the guy because I, I believe him. They're like, I don't know why. Oh, I have he, no time, no trouble believing those stories. Yeah, yeah, and that's why. And I think it's a real terrible thing. I mean, like, why is it? Why does it even exist? I don't understand. It's why It's an it open even secret exists. in hockey communities, and I hope you know I'm pretty far removed from competitive hockey and things like that, but. I I really hope to God that it's not as prevalent as what it once was. Because um, like I said, the stories I heard from people and, you know, even back when I was in university, I'm trying out for the, the soccer team. And I, I make friends with a couple of guys who were rookies the year before. And they're telling me about all the shit they had to do. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, if you make it, you got to do this. I'm like, no, I'm not. No. No, I'm not. <laughs> like, there's no way I'm doing shit like that. I Like, I don't care. I don't care. And I couldn't imagine these guys being 16 years old. You move away from home, you go play for a hockey team. You're all excited that your hockey team's supposed to be your family, and they're beating the shit out of you and stripping your clothes off and shaving your asshole. Like, what? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Why? It's obscene. It's stupid. And like, it's the responsibility falls on the coach and the managers of those organizations because oftentimes they turn a blind eye to it. Yes. Or they go, hear no evil, see no evil. Or they, you know, the rookie party goes on. They're like, don't have a rookie party, but they do it anyway. I heard they were talking on the radio and one of the guys said, uh, you know, he, I could have it, I could have it fixed in a, in a day, you know, banned, banned from the league. You get caught hazing, you're banned from the league. You should be. See you later. You should be. It should be the end of you. Like no, 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 no testimony or anything. If you get caught, you're banned because then these players that, hate it and i would be one of them i would fucking record it somehow yeah yeah i mean and especially in this day and age there is no time and no stomach for that kind of shit all right moving on on to better things <laughs> wrap on a, uh you want to talk about that bruce bertuzzi little okay yeah bre- I, bench I dust up i do actually um what the fuck is that i don't like it 
I, at first I thought that there was a bit of an intention for anyone that, that doesn't know what we're talking about right now. We got Detroit, Colorado. That rivalry might be kicking up again. Every time they get together, it seems to be something. Something. I like it. So somehow that, that rivalry has gone through like both teams being really good and shitty you know, at different times. And now they're back at it, and they seem to have a great time every time they play. So this time, uh, Bertuzzi and, and, and Calvert. So Calvert uh, skating up the ice right in front of the bench. Um, he gets hit kind of into the bench almost, and then his stick gets grabbed, not by Bertuzzi, by someone else. His stick gets grabbed. Then Bertuzzi also, you know, grabs the stick because obviously a lot of shit's going on. And Calvert's trying to get it back. And I, that's where I thought he might have speared Bertuzzi, and I still think he may have accidentally on purpose speared yeah, him. No but doubt. but he's just trying to like get it back, and then he gets dragged into the bench. And before you can say boo, Bertuzzi's got the right glove off, and he's boom, feeding him. Well, one good one. Yeah, he well, fed him. It wasn't like that. He fan, fed him a couple. It wasn't like that fan that got. Fucking punch seventeen times by Rob, Rob Ray. Ray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, I wonder if there was a pretext to that. Uh, like Calvert said something earlier in the game or did something. Who cares? Oh, I don't I, care. Oh, I Not know. Allowed. I know. But I, I definitely think I don't think that was uh, as random as it appeared. And it was a bit of a chaos like moment because uh, obviously everyone else jumped in, right? So it was. Yeah. It was even hard to kind of decipher what was going on yeah, but in the like, moment. Grab him, steal his stick, maybe give him a face wash, okay, but like to fucking drive him. Oh, that escalated way too fast. I'm surprised he only got two games. So you know? was I. I thought it could have been worse because I, I know agree. it's not leaving the bench, but it's it's still pretty it's pretty egregious for yeah, sure. And there's there's no word. like I know it's heat of the moment and hockey and all that stuff. I'll be the first one to tell you about that. But I, I can, yeah, you would. <laughs> I could definitely fucking tell, Darcy Tucker over here. <laughs> I could definitely tell you that you can't you can't get away with that kind of shit. Literally, listeners, those of you that know Lesko, you're laughing about it right now for <laughs> sure. But like this guy, Darcy Tucker, into the bench. Like I think I feel like I've seen you go into the bench several times. I did it more than once. You did it more than yeah. once. You also did it more than once. I was out there. Yeah, well, it's too bad <laughs> there for you. I go, there I go into the ga- into the goddamn bench, you know, and it's great. Like you got the cages on, so what's gonna happen? You're gonna get punched a few times, you know what I mean? Like who gives a fuck? I don't even care about that anyway. It's just no. fun to be a part of. Yeah, like once you're in there, everybody's getting penalized. I think the first time I tried to jump in the opposition bench, I was in like Adam Hall. Yeah, I remember you. You did. It <laughs> I be- couldn't even. You did it before I couldn't we even played see together. over the boards, and I was trying to jump. Like up over the boards. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, listen, man. Uh, speaking of suspension, or you know, whatever. Yeah, well, we're talking about suspension. Um, Wilson and Reeves. This just happened last night. Can't talk suspensions uh, without Wilson. But yeah, it but wasn't he, Wilson. Wilson got owned. So he got owned earlier in the game. Reeves smokes Wilson as Wilson takes the shot. He crushed okay, him in the slot. Open ice, right? Perfectly right in clean. The fucking sternum. So Wilson gets up, skates down the ice. Later, Ovechkin, you know, gets a run. He tries in to hit Reeves. At Reeves, gives him gives him a check. And then here comes Wilson, and it's kind of shaping up maybe to be a fight or something. But then <laughs> Reeves is just like, sit down. Drops him. And drops him again just with the shoulder. Yeah. And I think 
I think Wilson was embarrassed because he kind of caught an edge too. It wasn't like yeah, it was weird. He it looked was like weird. he went down f- uh, pretty hard and just I don't know if too he got easily an awkward angle. He tried to go at him or but something. But he went down too easily. He did yeah, in the sense that something happened and he fell over. His leg went under him. And I love so he got Reeves, pissed. And Reeves is chirping him. You see the big grin oh, yeah. on his face. Oh yeah. yeah, I wanted to tee up the interview after. Eh? Did you hear what he said? We well, he heard what he said, eh? He ran uh, ran into the the what do you say? He ran, ran into, into a, lion a lion in the jungle. In the jungle. Yeah. yeah. That was a good line. Admiring his pass and ran into a yeah, lion. Yeah, so in later on in was it later on in the game, uh Wilson makes like a, a quick touch pass, yeah. but then turns Just inside his, head his own blue line. And, yeah, he turns away and he doesn't see Reeves at all. And he turns to admire his pass and gets leveled. And Late, like though. A little late, yeah. Late. Shoulder to shoulder. Um, apparently, no supplemental discipline, which I agree with because I uh, you don't often see that for it, and it was an interference, and I was surprised he, it was a ten. Yeah, he got a well, he got a game. Yeah, he got a game misconduct, and uh, apparently, and he said this in the post game that he asked the referee, and the referee said he because he was hurt. Yes, which isn't really a rule or anything, as far as I'm aware. Um, I don't want to speak on record about the NHL rule book, but I do know. I know in minor hockey, it's uh, at it's, the referee's the discretion, though, because yeah. you can fake the injury, right? You can just sit down and be like, oh, I'm hurt. Yeah, because yeah. you get intent to injure or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just thought that was a, a, a interesting, man. Like, um, those are two big bodies coming together. And, and you know I think that if Wilson laid that hit on someone else, people would be calling for his head. He would have been suspended. I and think. now you see. All the people online too getting all rowdy on Wilson, like, oh, he deserves it. Get the taste of his own medicine. Like, he got hurt there, man. Like, I don't care who yeah, you are did. in playing what sport. You don't, you don't wish that on other people. I don't care how they play the game or not. I mean, you don't want. I you just sound like a hypocrite if you're gonna give Wilson shit for taking people's head off, and then he, somebody takes his head off, which isn't what happened here. No, but I just wanted to make that point. But what I do like to see is some fucking animosity in the hockey games. Because there's not nearly enough of it. I mean, the Leafs had two games last week with no penalties, right? There's no there's no rough and tumble. There's no scrumming after the whistle. The guys don't even hate each other like they used to. Yeah, but man, it's not the playoffs yet. No, I know that. But I just like to see it in a game and regular. Because it used to be a nightly occurrence in the NHL. The you know Rivalries have changed to Matthews versus Eichel instead of Barubi and Sandy McCarthy against Domi and uh, Belak uh, or yeah, something. But you are, know what I mean? Yeah, but are you are you seriously wanting Belak and Domi over Matthews and Eichel? No, hell no. But, but I, I, some people are. No, right? I missed the edge. I just okay. Say, I just missed the edge in the game. Okay, so then, so then your your complaint shouldn't necessarily be to like, let's say the the officiating or like, what is your main complaint then? If you're going to say, where's the edge? Like, I just wh- think it's where are you complaining? I think it's just changed. It's just it might be the culture of the game. Because I've got an idea. For you know, it. and you see it in uh, other sports as well. Uh, the NBA is a good example. All those guys are buddies. Yeah. I mean, nobody's nobody gets into it. No, there's no like rivalries in the sense that these two teams hate each other and you can see it on the ice. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know? So like that's what the Buffalo Maple Leafs rivalry was like even when they, neither of them were good. Yes, it's that yeah. They played Friday night and it People was would drive it down would get gritty and, by the third yeah. period and then the next game Saturday night you were like, "Oh boy, like it's going down tonight," you yeah. know? So here, I'll give you two reasons why and I think these are both strong reasons and I'll save the best for last. I've been calling for this for maybe four or five years now. So reason number one, I don't think we breed and develop the Tom Wilsons of the world. We don't breed and develop them anymore. We breed and develop speed 
and hands and passing and puck skill. Everything, everything is puck skill. And if you breed and develop the destroyer, you're you're a bad parent. Your child is not a good player. You know what? My child is a fucking good player. He just wrecks you. Yeah, the uh, physical aspect of the game is more of an. He will wreck you. It's an afterthought. He will wreck now. you. But now all the parents don't like my son because he wrecks your son because your son doesn't keep his fucking head up. That's what goes on in in hockey rinks right now. Reason number two, the schedule. We don't have back to backs. We don't have. Um, you know, three game series. I've been asking for this forever. You got MLB, you got uh, NBA, uh, well, especially MLB. Let's just look at the MLB, for example. They go and they play teams consistently, two, three, four game series against that team. Now, granted, I understand they play 162 games or 161 games or whatever yeah. it is. But if the NHL could do even. I don't know how they could break it down, but they got to bring us more back-to-backs against the same team. Yeah. They got to bring us like a Thursday, Saturday, or a Friday, Monday, or even a fucking Tuesday, Thursday. I don't care what it is. Give us our home game and then their home game. They're little mini rivalries, and you can't wait till the next game because you got beat the first game, and now we're going to play them again. And, you know, God, maybe you want to get three of them done at once. Like, I don't when care. You remember, you remember the stuff that happened in the previous game? Yeah. And- yeah, you're right. I don't see as many of those home and homes, things like that, that uh, really breed that rivalry. And you see it in the playoffs. By game two of the playoffs, things get even grittier because all all the carryover from game one. So you have those back to backs. You might you know liven things up a little bit. And I wonder if the NHL got away from it because of the the crap that sometimes would happen. You know, first game in the home and home team smashes another one eight one, and then right. On Saturday night, they're ready to go scrapping. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not like for the record, I'm not asking for a uh, you know every every uh, series for every team. I think it'd just be a, a lot of fun if, let's say, each team you picked their their biggest rivals, right? So that's that's 16 NHL hockey games. If you could choose a rival for each team, now I know you're going to run into some problems because some teams might share rivals, for example. But for the most part, you're going to be able to work around it. And if each team throughout the course of the season faced off against their rival in a quote-unquote weekend battle, like a Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, something really tight, like three games, you know, in uh, or whatever it is, three games in four nights or something like that, something tight where for the next foreseeable little while on the schedule, that's who you're playing. So you learn a lot about that team even more than you already do. You hate them even more than you already do. (laughs) And then you might play them in the playoffs. And now when we go in the playoff series, we talk about the season series between these two teams. It's not like, okay, in October when no one gave a fuck. Yeah, it's more spread out. And you have it like they played each other. Three times in a row. Back-to-backs in in October and back-to-backs in March. Yeah, Something actually, like that. that's better. Yeah. That's better because then you each get a home, two home games. Yeah, I like your idea better. Yeah, for, and then even if you want to get it out of the way, do it in one. Do it in one month. Yeah, I'd in like one to week. see them bring that back a little. I think bit. that would be a lot of fun. Habs, you want to talk a little Habs here? Yeah, man. Let's uh, let's kick on it here. We got uh, one of our dedicated listeners out there is uh, looking for some Habs love, and I mean. You know, I guess you won't find the love here, but we'll certainly talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So I think last time we talked about them, they were a bit of a surprise, I know. And then it seems that the wheels have fallen off, and starting to find out a little more about who they are. 
you can't talk about the Habs without bringing up Carey Price. Obviously, uh, he's go to you know yeah. he's their their MVP, but unfortunately hasn't been thus far. Uh, his numbers are significantly down from his career average. He's sporting a 3.05 goals against average right now to go along with a .898 save percentage. That's the one that gets me. And that's the one that really gets me for him because it's so far off his his yeah, average. It's so far off. Which I don't think it's a true reflection of who he is, but my biggest concern is that he has not obviously fully regained his form after his uh, his injuries. It has to be uh, an off season. It has to be. I mean, the guy n- makes more saves than this when he's playing the way he can. He's Jonathan Quick in L.A., meaning when, what I mean by that is he can single-handedly win games. There's not very many goaltenders in this league anymore that can single-handedly win games. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not even putting Freddie on that list. Even though I think Freddie is the second best goalie in the world right now behind Pecorine. Got to work your way up to the price. I would go Rene Anderson. Price territory. No, but I just mean currently. Currently, In, in yeah. this league based right now and based yeah. on performance, I'm going Rene Anderson and it's a tight race. But Carey Price is normally on the top of that list. If things are going well, I don't know if it's physical. I don't know if it's mental. But eight. Nine eight or whatever it is, it looks like I got eight nine nine. They're being a little, I guess they're being generous to him on their homepage. Mm-hmm. But I got eight nine nine. That's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. Sixty three goals against on six hundred and twenty six shots against. I mean, th- those numbers aren't great for Carey Price, and I expect them to be better uh, in the second half. If because as far as I know, he's healthy, right? He's healthy. So. We said this going into the season, and that if uh, if they're going to challenge for a playoff spot. A lot of it is going to have to come from Carey Price. So, you know, you hope to see that he gets back and and gets it going. And, I mean, the numbers would tell you that he's better than this and that he will be better. But the only concern is that, you know, he's coming off that absence. So you want to see if he's different now than he was. That would be... My number one concern, mm-hmm. as a, if I was a Habs fan, would be wanting to see him come back to form. I mean, they've been able to find some offense, which is good. I mean, that Domi trade's looking great. When oh, you know, I I was had it up. Yep. I was pretty skeptical about it initially, with, with all the talk of them not having centers and then trading Galchenyuk for Domi. But he seems to have really hit it off with Druen, and they're creating some offense. And Druen's a guy too that they've been uh, patient with. Yeah, point per game player for Domi. <laughs> 13, 17, good for 30. So 13 goals, 17 apples. I like a guy that, you know, does both equally. And Drew ends right behind him with 10 and 15. So they're they're both getting it done on both sides. They're not just looking for the goal. Give me the goal. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Patrick Laine uh, out in Winnipeg. Great goal scorer, but he has three assists. Like, if he was a MLB starting pitcher, he'd be winning the Cy Young with those numbers. Yeah, he scored 18 goals in a month. He 20, can do whatever you want, 20, I guess. <laughs> what is it, 22? How, did, how many does he have? Twenty. I don't know. He's, all I know is he scored 22. 18 goals in, no, in November. Three apples. Yeah, but uh, uh, if you score 18 goals, you can do whatever you want, um, I guess. A couple of surprises for me that I'm, that I'm excited about. Uh, Jeff Petrie. Um, liking what I see from the back end, I'm not like I'm not watching these games uh, as intensely as as some others uh, in the league. So I will apologize for my ignorance because we might have some Habs fans out there like, "Oh my God, Petrie's awful!" Like 
he might be the gardener. Like where? Oh, he's putting up. He's putting up he's some putting points. Up good and numbers. He's, he's the, stepped up on the power play a little bit. My, and that's where he's most useful, I think. My problem is minus six. And I was going to continue on with that uh, for another for another big minus player that also excites me. So I'm sitting here excited about Jeff Petrie at minus six. Also excited about local boy Matthew Pekka. Yeah. Um, who from time to time I get I, I decided to turn my notifications let's go on my phone to always for everything. Only goals. Not like, you know, end of the period or right. whatever. Goal, goal, goal. So if I get a notification from the NHL, it's a goal. So I want to see who it is. Now granted he only he's only got seven points, but I feel like they have come spread out a little bit so that every now and then when a Montreal game is on, I see Matt Pekka with the point and I'm always like you know, a little little fist pump there for the former Lumber King yeah, making money. He's uh, they kind of cleared the path for him as well because they released uh, what they do a mutual termination or whatever they call it with Pat uh, Patrick no Patrick sorry Placanitz. Yes. Uh, so that kind of made uh, Pekka seat a little more comfortable with the Canadians, and uh, you know he's he's got an opportunity, and I think we talked about this before to kind of work his way up that lineup with uh, having a lack of center depth there. Yeah, yeah. and he's not uh, like he's not a, a defensive liability. I don't think like <clears throat> excuse me. At least going back to my time when I watched him play, of course I only watched him play at uh, you know the, the junior A level, but of course this this kid was something else. He's in the NHL now, so he would have been by by far the best player on the ice on most nights. And for me, I never really remembered or recalled a time when I thought that he was, you know, weak in his own end or there was maybe a, a defensive issue that could stop him from getting there. I mean, when you think about Alaska, there's only 700 and what, 30 players, soon to be 800 or almost 800 in this league, 760 players in the league. Like, you don't get there if you're no good at defense at all. No, like, everyone likes to chirp players for being terrible. You're wrong. No one's terrible. Like, right. they're all incredible. So yeah. you got to pick and choose your battles. I don't think this is one where I would like to choose a battle against Matthew Peck. I think he's got an opportunity at uh, whatever it is. I don't even know how old he is, early 20s, um, you know, to, 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 to make it happen uh, for himself. Numbers, yeah, he set himself yeah, up 25, nicely. And they, gave him a, they gave him a good contract, so he has a pretty big opportunity there. Yeah. I guess the biggest story for Montreal right now is Weber coming back and actually looking pretty good. I mean, for an older guy coming off that, uh, you know, wrong side of 30, coming off that uh, that leg leg injury, man, he's, he's putting in some pucks. And, they, I mean, they badly need it because I think part of, you know, the Montreal's defensive woes and you look at Price's numbers, a lot of that has to do with the defense that's in front of them. Yeah, well, I mean, three three points in four games. So it's not, you know, it's not like they're trying to shoot the lights out or anything, but he has, like you say, come back and contributed. He looks good. And he looks good. It, and that's what they need for sure because he's a, definitely a stabilizing factor and you can't discount the so-called intangibles of having a guy like Weber in your room. He, well, I mean, he's their new captain. I was just going to say he how, he's the most experienced guy there. How good does the C look on Shea Weber though. Oh, real good. Right. And he's I mean, a, he's a great uh, mentor for all those young guys. They got coming up as well. And aren't some guys just built for the C you would think so. He seems like one of them. Like there are guys that are just built to wear the C like it looks so good on them. And I mean, like I'm kind of racking my brain trying to think of examples right now. One for sure. Scott Stevens. Yeah. Like when I picture him, 
you know, hunting people down on the blue line. There's just something that doesn't leave, and it's that C, Nicholas Lidstrom. Yeah. Now, maybe this is just because these guys are great fucking players, and that's just what you remember. But, yeah, for me, sometimes it just looks good on guys, and I thought that when I first saw Shea Weber on the ice in the home jersey. Guys like Shea Weber are the total package, right? They do it right on the ice. They do it right off the ice. Um, They're good in the room. I mean, you can't ask for more, really, in a hockey player and a leader for your team. I know I, I've been one to criticize the trade that they made to was, acquire him. We're and, on the same way. But I don't, I don't want to beat that now because, you know, right now Weber's a positive story okay, for them fine, because but, he's playing and he's playing decent. Okay, <laughs> fine, but I still have to ask you because it was it was crossing my mind. Uh, you know, it's too. It, do you, is it too early for a verdict? Are you still maintaining that it was not a great trade? Oh, I, no, I'll maintain it still wasn't a good it's trade. It's not a good trade. I, no. I totally agree with you. I'd love to disagree with you for, for better podcasting, but I can't because I don't think that that was a good move. I don't think they made a lot of great moves recently. And, I mean, I guess only time will tell. The biggest problem, I think, is the fact that they play in a division that is becoming fierce. Yeah, that's the biggest issue they're going to run into. Like, let's say they played in the Metro. I guarantee you, they could they could do much better in the Metro against some other teams that don't really tend to fucking figure it out very well. Mm-hmm. If you look at the standings now, they're right. I think they're clinging on to a wild card spot right now. Yeah, I was um, just had it up second know, in the wild card. They really need to make hay while the sun is shining, so to speak, while Boston's on the skids and and struggling. They they've, need to, they've got a lot of games. They need to too. keep themselves in in that conversation for the wild card, uh, because it, you know all signs point to Boston when they get their roster back is going to be one of the teams to beat. Um, I see Buffalo regressing a little bit over time. Actually, we've seen it recently with uh, them winning ten straight and then losing four straight. Man, we are up there in points. Oh, it's great to look at. I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you with that, but breaking news, everyone. We have forty points, and 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 I just looked at it for the fucking first time. Honestly, man, like look at how good that looks. Would Tampa just fuck off, like? With staying ahead of us by a few points, like uh, the good thing is that the, the Leafs here. are keeping pace with Tampa this time, whereas last year the gap was too great. Agreed between yeah. them and yeah. Boston, the yeah. s- uh, they do standings have a, were settled. They do have an extra game in hand. They're up by three points with a game in hand, but we have the same uh, plus plus minus at, at plus twenty nine for both squads. But anyway, sorry. Uh, enough about the Leafs. Um, yeah, so the Habs for me, let's go. I'd like to see them make it. I'm not going to lie to you. No, I, I I got no reason to not want them to make it. But at this point in time, they have a small cushion. Um, 31 points is what they have right now through 28 games. Uh, the Rangers are closest to them with 29 points for the wild card, also in 28 games. I look who's not in the playoffs right now. You look below them in the standings, and Pittsburgh's the only one that I really see that you would expect to see in the top eight. Yeah, and that's you know, your eight, that's playoffs. your 80%, right? 80% yeah. by American Thanksgiving that you'll make it. Yeah. The, the the 20%, okay, the 20% for me is the Montreal Canadiens. Are the Montreal Canadiens going to be part of a good statistic or a bad statistic? A good one being they're 80%. They were in, and they're now in. Now, I don't know if they were actually in, in on American Thanksgiving, which, of course, was last weekend. But let's just use today as a bar. Mm. They're in today. So if you're telling me that American Thanksgiving it was 80%, then it must be 82. Right. <laughs> right? Because we're closer to the end. So they're in today. 
will they stay in? Will they be an 80% team that stays in like everybody else? Or will they be a 20% team that falls out and a team like Pittsburgh becomes that statistic? Yeah, you got to give Pittsburgh the benefit of the doubt, but there's two. Do we though? There's There's no goalie. I know, but just you still have to give them credit because of who they are. Um, They're the type of team that can that can mask those issues and at least find themselves in a playoff spot. But there's two factors for me for Montreal, and and that's really Carey Price. We already spoke to that. Um, They also just need to get offense from other places. They're kind of a you know they're being led by Druan and Domi right now. But there's other secondary contributors on that team that are going to be really important if they're going to make it. And that guys like Paul Byron, Paul Byron yeah, Shaw, who's actually had a bit of a resurgence yeah. and not a, not a great contract, but Gallagher. doing well. Gallagher, I believe, led them in scoring last year. I mean, he's got to be going to Tartar Sauce. Tatar has actually seen a bit of resurgence in Montreal, at least in the early part of the season. So, I mean, that's... That's a really huge factor for me if they're going to make it is not just getting offense out of the Domi Druan combo. Well, and it's got to come from the rest of them. And they've got that sick twelve-year-old Jesperi uh, Kakniemi. Kakniemi. Right? I mean, those guys together as a team are going to figure out the defensive systems as things go. Because the other thing we forget is this is a very drastically different roster than what they iced. Yes. And different, all completely different line combinations. So. You give them time to figure themselves out on the defensive end of things. Uh, but as far as the offense goes, there's some sparks there. And let's not forget about everyone's favorite troll job, Jordy Ben. Jordy Ben. Because it's J. Ben. And everyone, okay. you know, when you see it on the highlight, it's like J. Ben. And you're kind of like, oh, was it, you know, it's Montreal, clearly a different team. But it's just like one of those things. Like I remember when he was first traded. People were like, oh, my God. <laughs> right? But it's Jordy. Everyone, no, calm relax. Down. <laughs> it's Jordy. Fucking Jamie Ben has no interest in joining your squad. <laughs> <laughs> and with that. <laughs> yeah, so that uh, that's it for our, our, our Habs segment. Um, Falcon, I know you're listening. Uh, probably driving in your, in your fucking car right now. Um, shoot us one, man. Like... I like uh, I like what you're asking. You're asking for Habs. We need the follows. So give us a chirp. Give us a shout out. Recommend us to your friends, your coworkers, whatever you want to do. Recommend us to the cunt on the sidewalk. I don't care. Only if they don't get the offended by the word cunt. <laughs> he specifically wants more. So my I, mom I, listens to this now. <laughs> I had to. I know. So does mine. It's like the one word you don't say in front of your mother. I know that, but we're not in front of your mother, and we're not in front of mine either. We're in front of the mic. I guess you're not in front the of them when they listen to it. <laughs> I apologize, mother. Oh man. So uh, okay, we're gonna take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back to wrap up uh, with some, uh, I guess, some leaf talk when we come back, or what? Yeah. Okay. All right. See you when we get back.
Puck is back to the goal, and here come the Leafs. Nine seconds to go. Happening down the left wing with Matthews, who takes the drop pass. Shooting it down! Holy mackerel, what a shot! Austin Matthews wins the game in overtime! We're back, and we got that sick Jobo on highlight. What a snipe last night, Lesko. You'd already left, eh? You'd already no. Left I was Tuesday getting into the. I was just getting out of the shower, and I heard you and uh, Lee Lee yelling about it. And I came in there all dripping wet. You had it on the phone. I watched that like six times when I got home. Oh my god! I what think I watched beauty. it six times before I left the rink. Just the quintessential Matthews goal. That rip of a shot. Right under the bar. Someone took a, a a screenshot. They paused their television right on the the bend of the stick, and t- honestly, like I'm no scientist or anything, but it doesn't make sense to me. The physics of how he, I get how he brings it in and snaps it. Okay, I get that. Like I, I can't do it. No one else can. But I, I get what he does. It just doesn't make any sense to me how he's able to put that much torque on the stick when both hands are in front of him. You think about a shot, Lesko, you're left-handed like me. You got to lean down on your left side to snap one. He doesn't. He just stands upright, pulls it in, and shoots it off like the inside of his left toe. That's what's so deceiving is the the positioning of the puck when he uh, makes his release. I mean, he seems that... Like you were saying, he can do it from anywhere, uh, not necessarily in the same body position you would expect, and that's what makes it so deceiving is when he comes down, you have no idea when he's going to shoot, and the release, I mean, he's a big, strong guy. I think that has a lot to do with it, the power that he's able to get behind the puck, but how quickly he can get it off is what catches guys off guard, and he did that again last night in the OT winner, whereas... He utilizes the defenders' his screens really well. Like, he doesn't seem to have a problem with the guy standing in front of him. No. He seems to be able to whiz the puck right where he wants, past a guy, and then up over, you know, the glove and under the bar. It's unbelievable. Well, well, two things. You mentioned the glove, right? Like, I am just a huge fan of the fact that he loves to rip it glove side, top shelf, right? Like, that's just a sexy goal, no matter what league you're in. You go glove bar down like that, that's a great goal. Um, the other one is the the toe drag. I mean, you said you watched it six times, so obviously you saw how incredibly perfect it happened to be. Now, I'm not saying that he's a robot and he's able to be, you know, analyzing the stick and move the puck around. It just so happened to be a perfect, you know, marriage there. Yeah, he, he was in the motion of shooting. He wasn't toe dragging the defenseman. He was in the motion of shooting, but because his motion is so unique the defenseman is just going to try and disrupt some sort of shot but he can't because the puck just moves it moves like three three or four feet yeah three or four feet before the shot is even released and then all of a sudden before it's off your stick the goalie has no goddamn chance and you mentioned the screen i mean guy's incredible yeah phenomenal game for matthews and he's been phenomenal since he's come back uh, I believe he's got five goals now in three games since his return from injury. So no real concerns there. Although it, it wasn't their best game last night. It wasn't pretty, that's for sure. And the period and a half I got to watch before heading out to to hockey, 
Um, I was actually kind of disappointed with his line because they spent a lot of time in their own end getting hemmed in and looking really lost without the puck. Matthews got caught out there for a while, and this might have had something to do with it. Uh, but he was just kind of floating around there, and I was like, he got to be more aggressive without the puck because that's he's you know it's part of his game. He's good at quick stick checks and stripping yeah. stripping the puck and turning it over. Uh, it was interesting actually in his post game comments he had mentioned that uh, around the second period he started to feel his legs a little better, and so of course after I left I didn't get to see it, but it was right good to hear from his point of view that you know he started he's starting to feel better, uh, more comfortable, and more like himself out there. Yeah, you know, I I felt um, early, as you mentioned, I I watched uh, probably, I think I left the house around the 10 minutes left in the first. I probably, you probably were able to watch a little bit more than me, but um, I I felt immediately that it was Buffalo's strategy to try and immediately take the eight or 10,000 Leaf fans out of the building Mm. right away, get on top of the game and surprise them. And they did a really really good job of that. I wasn't expecting them to keep it up for three periods straight, which they kind of did. Yeah, they maintained good pressure. Um, they, I didn't able to, like you said, we weren't able to really watch the second and most of the third. They've got mobile, but, aggressive defensemen too, and we saw a lot of that from from Ristolainen, from Dallin. Oh, he Their was ability to Ristolainen. Yeah, Ristolainen was going in the first period. He I was, was like, we're making him look too good. Somebody get in his way I here. Know, like, like, he's a big guy. Yeah, for sure. So... I guess the question of all this is, and we'd been meaning to talk about Buffalo over the past couple episodes because they were on that roll, 10 games straight. Uh, I know we mentioned it a little bit, but then since then, they've managed to lose four straight. Uh, We asked Tyler Madras last week if he thought Buffalo was for real. Um, I, I don't think they're for real in the sense that where they are right now is not an accurate reflection of the team they are. I don't think they're in that that top tier, say with Tampa, with the Leafs. Uh, you know, if you can put Washington up there, we'll say um, that are more. They've ter- they're turned the corner. That's what's good to see about Buffalo is that there's finally been progress. And you know, the off season moves they made took a bit of heat for trade and Riley, but got yep. a pretty good return. Yeah. But also got Skinner for peanuts for table scraps. Yeah. Huge, huge pickup. I mean, no one, no one's expecting Jeff Skinner to do what he does. I mean, in one of my pools. It's a keeper pool, so you got to keep that in mind. There's uh, 50 guys right there off the table, 10 teams, five keepers, and he still went in the eighth round. Yeah, I, I got him pretty late in my draft as eighth well. Eighth round, but that was because he was traded yeah. to Buffalo. Yeah, because nobody knows what Buffalo's going to be, and you don't often look to them for offense. I mean, in previous years, it was pretty much O'Reilly and Eichel were the only ones worth anything on that team. So, I mean, like, it's an interesting question, though, Lesko, because you look at the standings and you see Buffalo third in the Atlantic right now, 29 games played, 38 points, 17 wins, 14 of those 17 wins coming in regulation or overtime. So um, they did have many games go to extra time including six of the 10 wins in a row. Six of those 10 went to extra time. So if we just took a 50-50 rule and split those overtime wins and losses down the middle, they're, you know, like six and four in their last 10 and no one really cares. The good thing about those uh, nice 10-game win streaks, while while they are few and far between, it it allows them to perhaps play 500 hockey and make it into the playoffs. That's what I was going to get at next. You talked about them not necessarily being in the upper tier. I don't 
uh, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but stats don't lie, and they have a pretty decent separation. I mean, they've got they've got the thirty eight points. The next closest uh, competitor in the Atlantic Division is the Bruins, and they have thirty two points. Mind you, they have two less games played and some key injuries right now. We haven't and seen the some last key of injuries. Boston I agree. for sure. I agree. The biggest the difference separation is good though. A six point separation is nice. Yeah. And they've lost now. Sorry. Did you, it was four, right? They've lost four in a row now yeah. after winning 10. Um, all four of those games were very good hockey games that they could have won. Yeah. This is including that, Na- including Nashville and Tampa. Uh, one of the biggest, and Toronto. That's right. One of the biggest differences I've noticed with them, obviously, is the addition of Carter Hutton. Um, you know, jury's still out on whether or not he's a full blown starter, but th- so far so good. We'll find out over you know an eighty-two game season if he starts fifty to sixty for the first time in his career how that actually holds up. Um, but also getting that secondary offense essentially from a guy like Jeff Skinner who's tearing it up. We knew Skinner could do this. We just weren't sure if he could still do it. Right. And when they made that, um, I kind of criticized them at first when they got rid of O'Reilly. But then I, I later on when they acquired Skinner, I thought, okay, you know, maybe what they did here is we're going to sacrifice the centerman to bring in a, a, a scoring winner a scoring to play winner, with yeah. Jack Eichel. Yeah. And surprisingly, Jack Eichel's been kind of quiet in the goals category oh, lately. 7 and 27 Yeah, right now. but his assists are you know, pretty good because yeah. you see Skinner uh, has been burying for him. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. And you know what? We talked about this a little bit last week, but if they make the playoffs, fantastic. If they play the Leafs, be a hell of a series. Oh, well, those guys are going together uh, peanut butter and jam, man. Like uh, Eichel is 7 and 27, good for 34 points. And Skinner is the opposite with 20 and nine good for 29 so of course Eichel getting it done a little bit more uh here and there but like skinner's plus minus plus 19 plus 19 like i feel like that's a fucking typo yeah i mean at the (laughs) moment they appear to be a bit of a one-line club but we'll see if they can if they can get more from the rest of their roster and anyone if anyone's listening in the ottawa valley fantasy league whoever has skinner offer me a trade because i am looking at jeff skinner Big time. All right. So, yeah, Buffalo looking good. I'm. We talked about this before. Let's go. Uh, not to beat a dead horse, but I'm really jacked up about this rivalry. Yeah, it's nice to see that Buffalo's back in the sense that the rivalry so has good. been shit for a long time. It's only been a proximity rivalry. Uh, right. You know, the last time the Forced. Sabres were good were, what, 06, 07, mm-hmm. the Danny Briere days. Yeah. Uh, at that point, the Leafs weren't very good at the, either. And so there's been... Not a lot of time where they were close. I guess they played in the playoffs in what, like 01 or 99 or whatever it was when Hasek yeah. basically shut the Leafs down. So it'd be nice to see good for hockey, good for the fan bases. And, uh, man, there's a lot of Leaf fans in that barn I know, last night. I know. It's, it, it is honestly going to be very similar to the Ottawa rivalry, but Ottawa doesn't have the history that Buffalo does. Now, well, Buffalo I, doesn't have insane history like Toronto, but they still have a lot of history there. Yeah, and I could see the the – there being more Sabres fans in the arena now that they've turned the corner and become a more competitive team. Yeah, it won't this be twelve. The, it won't be twelve thousand. Yeah, this fans, this yeah. Uh, being the first matchup of the season, I think it 
a lot of these Leaf fans probably scooped up those tickets as soon as they went on sale. Oh yeah, good you know, point. Knowing yeah, that they were going to be cheap and and all. who knows what the Sabres if, are. You know, yeah. if the Sabres going to be a playoff team, I mean, those fans will flock back there, and the prices will not be as cheap as the what they once were. Cheaper than going down to Scotiabank Arena, no doubt, but yeah. not what they've been in previous years, where you probably cost you more for a foot long sub than a pair of tickets to, yeah. <laughs> to the Sabres like last year when they were shit. So uh, first uh, casualty of the Nylander situation is our friend Josh Leafo, longtime Leaf, good guy, did everything the team asked of him. And I really thought this was nice that uh, Dubas had pointed out that they made it clear to Levo in the offseason that if he f- uh, fell out of the lineup and wasn't going to have a regular opportunity that they would find him a new home. And they did it. Which was his request, and I I really respect that from a business from a business point of view. I I really do respect the decision from both sides. I think it works out for both sides. Um, Levo just wasn't going to get the time here. Uh, That's I think right. The main reason why Levo isn't with us still is because of the fact that he didn't play a, a checking role and he didn't kill any penalties either. Yeah, and if you're if you're relegated to the bottom six for a guy like Mike Babcock, like he doesn't seem to be one of those Babcock guys, quote unquote, like a Hyman or a Brown, where he just loves them so much. Yep. And I think because exactly like you said, he doesn't play the role that he's cast in very well. Uh, now he goes over to Vancouver and he ends up playing on the top line last night and snipes Scores. a Gino on his first uh, first shot, I guess, as a Canuck. It was first shot, which eh? was which was nice. The kid can shoot and he has some offensive upside, so it's good to see him get yeah, that opportunity. Does. Because, I mean, I felt bad for him and I wasn't even convinced he was an NHLer until we saw him play regularly this year and he looked pretty good. Yeah, he's not out of place. And the it's fact not that, amazing, but he's not out of place. Yeah, and the fact that the Leafs managed to get something for him. Good for them because it was out of that or waivers. So the fact that they yep. pulled a you know a, this guy Michael Carson Carson yeah yeah they so they got him out of Vancouver who's a, a young NHLer uh, undrafted kid actually seemed to have put up decent numbers in the Q and half decent numbers in the A last year and uh, so far has made some offensive contributions. So we'll see if it remains to be seen if that'll be something. I don't have expectations for it. Um, it's just, it's, it's asset management to get something right. Yeah. And you know what, actually, I, I did want to talk about, uh, Carson briefly because I, I feel like this is another opportunity to be one of these moments, maybe where we traded Greg McKaig for Zach Hyman. And now look at what Hyman is doing for us on a consistent basis. Yeah. But I think in that trade, Greg McKaig is this Carcone guy and no, oh, I see what you mean. And Hyman, oh, and Hyman, is, Hyman. Is, is yeah. No, but see, the reason why I'm saying this though is because people did see good things in Levo. I don't know about anyone that saw a whole lot of great things in in Zach Hyman, other than the team that acquired him. Whereas if you could dangle Levo to 31 teams, you know, 26 of them are going to want the guy for for something small. Yeah. They're all going to want him for not a whole lot. And mm-hmm. like you talked about earlier, it's either a small trade or waivers. So Hyman, kind of the same idea, but Dubis was able to maybe acquire an asset that at the age of 22, he gets 37 points in 49 games in the O, 41 in 50, 89 in 86 in the Q in 2016. And then in the uh, AHL, not so great, as you mentioned, 
his best uh, effort, 27 in 68 games. But this year, 17 points in 20 games. So the guy does score. He has the ability to do it. At the minor league level, yeah. At the minor league level. That's he why is a I small see it as player. A... He's a very small player. He's only 5'10". Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, this could be an opportunity maybe to be coached by Sheldon Keefe and really improve his game to either increase the value of an asset or maybe have another asset. I agree that the Leafs don't acquire guys unless they feel that they would benefit from their systems and coaching and have some sort of long-term vision for that player. Or An impact. A long-term hockey is a few years, essentially. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think in the in the short term is impact in terms of the Marlies they're looking for because the Marlies uh, need a little bit of help right now. Uh, you know, they lost a lot of graduates to the Maple Leafs and uh, haven't been, you know, they haven't been world beaters so far this year. So I think they're looking for opportunities to bring in guys who can at least contribute at that level, um, even if they don't have an NHL future. Yeah. And, you know, at, at its bare bones, I, I like the trade again. I'll, I'll wrap it up by saying that I like the trade, uh, you know, all the best to, to Josh Levo. He was a good he was a good soldier. Good soldier. Good soldier for the team. A hard worker, and I hope uh, he he does well out there. But on our side, it's just a, a piece of the puzzle that wasn't necessarily ready to to be in just yet. So, uh, unfortunately for Levo, it's got to be tough, man, because he's been around. So now this finished product that's about to happen, we're not going to see it. He doesn't get to see. Yeah, it. I, and and you it know goes he's going to follow. Like we you said. Know it. It, it, it goes back to what we said about not having a place in the top six on the team. So it's good to see a guy like with his tool set get an opportunity elsewhere to see. We'll find out what he what he's really made of. And Vancouver's an ideal location for him because there's a place where he, they need wingers who can put the puck in the net. And uh, they got a good young core up and coming. So we'll see if he can jump on the moving train and uh, find some success. Yeah, you're right. Toronto Marley's not doing great in 21st place out of 31. Very un Marley's like. 9, 8, 2, and 2 right now. Good for 22 points. Just to put it in perspective, first place Charlotte Checkers at 35 points. So, yeah, you're right. Not too Marley like. I'm sure uh, Sheldon would like to see uh, better results. And I think we can probably expect better results in the second half, but we'll, but we'll see. What next? Uh, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about what do you see coming down the pipeline for the lines with the return of our good buddy, Willie? Uh, well, I don't see any reason to not put him up on the first line. Oh, no. Of course um, not. Did you, sorry to interrupt, but did you hear that duster in the media scrum ask Babs if he was going to the AHL for a conditioning skint? I didn't know. Babs just ghosted him. Just Turned his head next, like just he didn't even answer the question. <laughs> oh, amazing! I uh, I did happen to see that funny clip though of uh, Mark Masters. Did you see that one? I didn't see that. Okay, one, so no. Mark Masters was um, setting up the camera for his press conference with Babs, and like and everyone else is around there, right? So Masters is basically holding up a, a cue card in front of the camera, but it's right where Mike's face oh, for them to focus it it's right where Mike's yeah. face is about to be. So he's standing there with this cue card out like this and Babs comes walking and has to stand there and wait. But masters doesn't see cause masters is looking at the camera guy. Oh. Like, <laughs> yeah, are we good? Are we good? And the camera guy goes, uh, 
you know and then mark looks over and it's fucking babs and he's like oh sorry and but the thing is before masters even realized babs was waiting babs goes are you guys for real here (laughs) which i thought was really good i was thinking about get your shit together yeah as soon as i heard what he said like are you guys for real here or what like when he said that i thought that was so funny i was like man i want to clip that and maybe use it on the pod like you guys for real here dig that one up let's do an intro of just uh good babs quotes babs lines yeah Yeah. quips quips from the babcock babsisms yeah yeah okay so yeah all right so back to the back to the lines then so um the the Tavera's line remains untouched. Yeah, I would say. Uh Marner and Hyman, perfect line. Tavera's is quietly scoring goals everywhere. Everywhere. Um uh, but apparently he can't skate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. Get back to me on that. Um Matthew's line. So at this point we're we're going with uh William Nylander. And you know, if I'm going to uh who wrote this article here? Uh, I I kind of want to give a, a a shout out to uh editor and leaf because i got a couple of buddies that contribute uh to editor and leaf um unfortunately this article is not written by one of those guys i was hoping (laughs) i was i was hoping that it was going to be my butt eh? like i was hoping it was going to be my butt but but it's not i'm sure james tanner and i could could be buds uh james tanner is the author of the article you know it's funny eh? let's go like it was it was written one day ago so i just i felt like yeah i'll bring this up and give editor and leaf a little shout out because i i believe our uh podcast is making the rounds uh throughout some of the editor and leaf followers so uh, a little shout out to them and maybe i should actually talk to them about getting a getting a little link on the on their site but anyway this guy wants wants Janssen. and uh i don't i don't necessarily disagree with that what do you think about Janssen? i don't disagree with it at all and actually i really liked the matthews Janssen and kapanen combination we saw i believe yeah. in matthews first came back uh, Johnson's got offensive abilities. He can skate with them. That's why I really like that. Um, I'm more leaning towards Kapanen and only because he's proven to me that he deserves to be in the top six now. And in terms of pecking order, I think he slots in ahead of Johnson well, yeah, based on experience. Former first-round pick. Right. And, former uh, first-round pick. So I, I'd really like to see them find out okay which one of these guys can can play the left side in order to make this work or sorry the right side i guess is it left or right no yeah sorry they both play right wing so figure out which one of them is most comfortable on the left side yeah to try that line at least give it a try and it might not be a right away because my heart says this is what i want to see but my mind knowing Babcock says Patrick Marlowe is going on. It's going to be Marlowe. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be Marlowe as well. And I'm telling you right now, I, I don't have a problem with that either. I don't. It's just that I don't have a problem with anything. I, I really like Marlowe Kadri together as more of the defensive line on the third. He's so responsible. Yeah. He's very responsible and, I, I mean, no, he can skate, and I know he can contribute with Matthews. It's just I, I've never really been a fan of the combination. I I haven't seen enough between those two guys, I guess. Maybe because they're both primarily shooters. I'm not really sure what it is. Uh, I know earlier in the year I was harping on them defensively and, and a little bit on to Marlowe, and he's picked up his play as of late. I just think that there's better combinations. So who's the third then? If you if you're having your ideal uh, third line feature Kadri with Marlowe and whom? 
Connor Brown. Yeah, that's the thing is you're going to see another guy switch wings. Um, I'd like it to be Janssen, but then, again, my mind, my Babcock mind says it's Brown. And then you've got Par Lindholm. Janssen and, and Ennis and the goat who's the, uh, oh, Ennis, oh yeah or, or, so sorry, the current Ennis, yeah. the current fourth line I'm pretty sure goat is going to take dust off Levo's seat in the press box yeah until yeah. a centerman can't play keep that popcorn warm bud yeah okay so um yeah I, honestly I'm just I'm really excited man it's tomorrow the boys are back the boys are fucking back we're finally, finally given what we were promised oh man it's gonna be great and my pool is gonna rip it up because oh, got, you got him. I got Matthews. I got Nylander, and I got Freddie. Wow, you're all set. So Matthews was hurt, and Willie was out. So I was struggling. Yeah, for now a you're little in really while. good oh, shape. Oh boy! <laughs> and I'm coming off a nine nothing shutout win, eighteen points oh, there in the you bank. Go. I moved up to first place immediately, and now I'm in a tight race with. Oddly enough, dude, perfect timing. The guy that's in second. All right. Behind me by two points. So it's a nice early season fantasy battle between two proverbial top teams, right? And I was in a situation where I didn't know what the fuck to do. I was having, you know, guys come back. Matthews, Nylander coming back into the fold. I I had to drop some good players. I'm trying to make trades. I'm trying to, I might have a trade in place. And I'm going to go on record right now and say that it's like a, probably like a 60% chance right now that I'd be moving Aho. And my third round pick for Tyler Sagan. I gotta get creative because I'm in bad shape right yeah, now. Yeah, see, you do. That I've had too many. Absolutely, I've had do. too many injuries, and I have to get creative. You before gotta be creative. Thing, uh, things really go off the rails, or the gap gets too Dude, big. Because you know what, with injuries too, I think is I've had injuries pretty much the whole season, and Vas, I'm not having Vasilevsky and yeah, Rask yeah. taking a dump is really <laughs> bringing me down. So listen, we like, like let's let's just stick with the fantasy for a couple minutes while we're on it here. People do not – I said this to my buddy earlier. This is the guy that I'm dealing with with Sagan. I gave him this tip, and I feel like me giving him this tip is going to help facilitate that trade. The tip is no one pays attention to the man games. No one pays attention to the in-depth statistics. So you can go in Yahoo and check out your league stats and go by total, which means how many goals do I have at this point right now? Mm-hmm. And you'll see, oh, my God, I'm in second last. Then you click on assists. I'm in second place in assists. Make a deal with a guy that has a lot of goals and no assists. You guys have a perfect match. Bring in the goals. Yeah. That's what happened with me in one of my other leagues. It's a non-keeper league, so trades are very straight up. You know, two guys for one guy or whatever the deal is. I just offered him straight up uh, Backstrom for Skinner. He took it in 45 seconds, which made me feel like it was a terrible move by me. But... I led the league in assists by like 12 and I was in like third last in goals. He led the league in goals by like 20 and was dead last in assists. So I'm I was ready. like, here's Backstrom. I'll take Skinner. I'll get goals from Skinner. You get assists from Backstrom. That's a hockey trade. So yeah. a guy like yourself, if you're struggling, whatever, or your listeners out there, even if you're middle of the pack, go find a stat that you need. Yeah. Address the weaknesses. Address the weaknesses now and try and make a hockey trade with another guy. And I guarantee you, he does if he's not listening to the podcast, he doesn't know about this either, but you do now. So you know that he needs shots. So you can offer him a guy that gets a lot of shots. He might not score or whatever, but he gets a lot of shots. I've had a lot of buyer's remorse after my draft and even with some of the guys I decided to keep oh, uh, invested a lot in defense this year and they didn't are not coming through for me and then 
my goaltending situation was fine essentially till Vasilevsky got injured. So Tell me about I might it, be more competitive after I get a few guys back and maybe have some guys pick it up a little bit. But I don't know. Maybe I just too attached to some some guys and didn't want to take any risks. But I did not keep Braden Point going this season, and there's one I'm regretting because oh. he is tearing it up. Man, give, is he give, good? Give the listeners someone He's, that you took instead. Instead, I take. Uh, I I mean it's not. Any of the players I took, you couldn't really, you know. I so for instance, I kept Hedman and Vasilevsky. Okay, fine. So like, I yeah. decided to keep Hedman. It's not like you in, kept Matt Murray, right? Exactly. Nothing like that. Like, <laughs> like I kept, on. I kept Forsberg uh, was okay. another one who's you know it's that fine. might be questionable. Ter- Tarasenko is the one I'm not happy with. That's he's not a, a good huge call. disappointment because and again though, and we I think we mentioned this when we talked about the Blues is how the fuck did we know they were going <laughs> to suck so bad? Man, no one. I honestly, no one, no one saw them sucking. Uh, bad like nobody even on mainstream media radio like there were a couple of I think there was one guy on Sirius and well I'd have to ask Tyler because I know he was I know Tyler for example was heavy on on blues he talked about them a lot on the radio drafted some players was heavy on the moves that they made bringing in O'Reilly bringing in uh, Bozak like not to say that they're amazing fantasy guys but just you know the team looks like it's in a good they look like they made some good yeah. moves yeah but then the goaltending just obviously very weak I have Allen in one of my pools so that's a huge disappointment for me but I'm yeah, still I mean, waiting for them to figure it out but I'm not sure it's coming I have Petrangelo too in another one of mine and you, you know you'd like to see him start to be a little bit better there, you're right we talked about this a couple weeks ago let's go when we did a little fantasy maybe we're, maybe it's time maybe we're due for another uh, fantasy look in next week on the Pucks and Deep podcast. A little here. round of a little bit of fantasy talk. Yeah, yeah. episode can, fourteen. Fan, put, fantasy fourteen. Put some of that in there. All right. So what are we saying here? Is that uh, are we kind of wrapping that? I up? I think or? we're uh, pretty much got it. Yeah, we're gonna wrap that one up. And yeah, play. we got uh, Leafs and Red Wings tomorrow. Big Willie style is in the house. Looking forward to it. See that sweet Swedish flow flying around the ice. Back and longer than ever. Ten point. One mil or ten mil exactly? I think he gets like eight million dollars on July first or something signing and then, bonus. Well, no, that's the salary. Then there's two million in signing yeah. bonus. Yeah. Did you see what uh, Mitch Marner said when he when he uh, met up with him? When did the make it rain? Like the, <laughs> the, the stripper, like the yeah, stripper you know, thing. like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Chuck and Sheets. I don't know, man. I mean, this team is just. I said to my buddy. We could win this year. It's a good time to be a fan. It's got. It's a good time to be a Toronto sports fan in general, man. When's the last time you could say the Raptors and the Leafs were both top of the their respective leagues? Are you prepared? Prepared for what? A, a possible win. Um. Are you prepared for a possible win? I don't know. Like I'd probably like. I don't know if I should like, quit drinking for three months to <laughs> offset the consistent month of drinking that it would be if they went on a run. And partying and wildness. Get I'd have ready. to like keep like a, take a leave of absence and go to Toronto. You need to. Oh, oh, I'm there. I will be there. You fucking bet it, man. Like, I will be there. Say I got mono or make some shit up. Anyway, we'll continue this as the season goes on. But I'm telling you right now, it's not a joke anymore. It's not. Oh, fucking Leaf fans. Every it's great, year. isn't it? Great. It's happening. <laughs> it's fucking happening. Good, good to be in this place. I'll tell you that much. All right, much. let's count it out. At PuckPod on Twitter, at Coleman42, at Lesko Adam. Thanks for joining us. It's been a great time, episode 13. See you again next week. <laughs>